Hello, Jonna. My name's David, and I'm still very new to your podcast, but I have been binge listening to it recently in the car, like I am now. And I just finished your podcast on spiritual mentorship, and I am wondering, how do we know if we have a psychic ability? Does everyone have one? Is it something that a lot of people have, but not everyone? Is it something that can be developed? Welcome to episode number 30 of the Joe DeVoe Show. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, but you can call me Joe, and I am here to uplift and support my fellow creatives, lovable weirdos, and makers of magic. All by myself, because the show, the show, the Joe DeVoe Show has gone solo, but today I do have some help from our friend David, who left that awesome voicemail. Thank you so much, David. I will answer you here in just a bit. But first, I must confess to you all that I will never wash my hands again because I got to pet a horse. I got to pet a horse. She's three and a half years old, and her name on paper is Ophelia. She was bred to be a jumping horse, but her stable name is Lala, and her owner, is that proper? Does that seem wrong to you to say her owner, her caretaker? Her human's name was Tito, and he would not let me take her picture because he said it was bad luck that every time someone posted her picture on Facebook, she hurt herself, and she was currently recovering from a very minor leg injury and he was grazing her in the park and he wouldn't let me take her picture but he would let me pet her and he showed me how to pet her and the way that she likes and it was so magical she was so sweet she even nuzzled me with her big 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 horse head (laughs) she was so beautiful and I stink like a horse and I love it I love it it is intoxicating here in Los Angeles right now. This is why I often say the Lunar New Year, which happens on the first new moon of the year, really feels like the new year because in Los Angeles, spring lands early here. And so we often, I mean, weather's pretty unpredictable, so it's different every year, but we usually, we typically have an early spring that starts right before Imolk, right around the time of Lunar New Year, coming off some weeks of rain. The hills are lime green. It looks like Ireland around here, folks, and I'm not kidding. The hills are green, 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 and little flowers are starting to pop up here and there, and the sky is so blue. Who needs an Instagram filter when the sky is so blue and the hills are so green and the sun is so sunny? But it's not hot. It's not hot. It's like crisp and clean and it gets me so high. I love it. And it always feels like the real New Year. So I've got all that happy New Year energy bouncing around in me and I am in the best mood. Also, please believe me, I will soon be taking down 
The Magic Star, Shadow Love, and Queen. These three audio journeys are currently on clearance, friends. This is this is a witchy blowout sale for the Happy New Year because I am leaving Gumroad, which is the platform I use to host my digital products, or I used to use to host my digital products. I'm going to leave the audio journeys up for people who purchase them, but I'm taking down the sales page and I'm moving over to Mighty Networks, where I will host a new program that I currently have in development. That is the project that I will use to learn Mighty Networks, and I'll get that all set up. And then eventually, I imagine, I will migrate the other audio journeys. But they might not be available for a very long time, and they are 60% off right now, friends. So please use my code HELLO2023, all lowercase, no spaces, HELLO2023 at checkout, and you can get one or all three for 60% off the Magic Star, which is my personal formula for magic, shadow love, which is a very gentle way to approach shadow work and to understand what shadow work is, shadow work as a form of deep self-love, and then queen, a five-week audio journey that for sure will transform your life if you are a woman in need of empowerment. It's all about being empowered and healing some of the old narratives that keep us unempowered. So they're all three audio journeys. It's just like this podcast, but with more focus because each one is topical. They're designed to take you on a specific journey. But if you like this, you probably will like them. And I want you to know what to expect. (laughs) This is it, folks. This is what they will sound like if you purchase them. Maybe slightly more polished, but this is who I am. This is how I share what I've learned. And this is what I'm proud to offer you. And this is my podcasting cat. What are you doing, Steve? Something about podcasting. Brings this cat around, particularly singing. Should we sing a song, Steve? What are you doing? Could you please not put your butt in my coffee? Also, also, before I get around to answering David's question here, let me also say that you can go over to speakpipe.com slash the Joe DeVoe show and leave me a message. And if I feel like I have an answer for you and that it's something that might be useful to other people, I will make you an episode just like this, and it's fun. Believe me, I have not gotten enough voicemails to where I'm over it. I feel it. (laughs) When a voicemail shows up in my inbox, I'm like, hey, hey! I definitely get like a full body like rush of excitement. It's fun to hear from you. Let me emphasize that for anybody who's feeling shy. Please don't feel shy. If you don't want to use your real name, Make up a name. I love it when people use the name of like their favorite character from a book or a movie, your alter ego. You can call yourself anything, but if you have a question that you would like me to answer, do ask. Do ask. I love it. I have so much fun when I get to hear from you in your own voice. And you also can follow the link in the show notes to access my voicemail or... You can talk to me on Twitter. I apologize to those of you who leave comments on my posts on Instagram. I do always try to get around to them, but sometimes it takes me like two weeks 
because I don't really hang out on Instagram. I am one of those rare Twitter nerds. You can find me there almost every single day. Most days I'm on Twitter and I'm not really into checking my DMs, but if you just at me over on Twitter, I'm more than happy to say hey and get into a little conversation with you over there. Okay, David, and anybody interested in David's question, you are for sure psychic because we all are psychic to some degree. It is a basic human ability, often referred to as your sixth sense. Like any ability, there are people who are born with a heightened experience of it. There are people that are born with some kind of disability that creates a lack of it. There are people who are trained out of their ability, shamed out of their ability, conditioned out of their ability. It can happen through trauma in the case of being psychic. Or weirdly, trauma can also really bring out your psychic ability. And it's definitely something that you can deliberately develop or get back in touch with if you feel like you've lost it somehow. The tricky thing about this sixth sense or your psychic ability is that it shows up uniquely for each person. However, I would guess that most of us, if not all of us, have had the experience of entering a room and feeling that you just walked in on something, like something heavy was just happening, an argument, some bad news, some kind of tension, like you can feel it when you walk into a room, that is your psychic ability at play. If somebody is looking you dead in the eye and saying all the right things, but something inside you knows that they are lying, that is your psychic ability at play. If there's a song that's like on the tip of your brain and you can't get it out of your head or the lyrics just pop into your mind for some odd reason and then the next time you turn the radio on, that song is playing, that is your psychic ability. If you haven't thought of someone in many months and they pop into your head and then a few minutes later they call you, you, my friend, are psychic. I think one of the best questions to ask yourself when you are asking yourself, am I psychic or could I be psychic, is why? Why do you want to explore this? Is it because you just think it would be cool, which is fine? You think it would be neat, it's intriguing, you're curious about it? Is it because you suspect there's something there and you would like to develop it to a professional level? Is it because you want to have greater access to your own intuition so that you make better decisions or maybe even to protect yourself in some way? Not because I think you need to know your why, but I think it's helpful to know your why in terms of deliberately developing your ability. It will guide you to like the right books to read, for example, or the right teachers to study with. And no matter what kind of books or teachers you gravitate toward, I would say the first step is going to be probably not what you want to hear. <laughs> it's meditating. I have become a badass meditator. I will say that unflinchingly. I can meditate. I can meditate like nobody's business. And 
It's funny how long it can take to get there, but meditation is the foundation of magic. It's the foundation of psychic development. It is what allows these inputs from your sixth sense to come in. It gives it a place to land, learning how to be still and to receive and to not be the super chatty control freak of the ego mind, but to be the silent witness and receiver that resides within. That sounds like a whole bunch of woo until you've actually experienced it and meditation will take you there and help you experience it. And because this recently came up in Discord, we were talking about how to meditate. I will give you my Cliff Notes version of how to be an awesome meditator because truly, if you're interested in psychic development, this is gonna be the first step no matter which way you turn. Having this foundation is going to make everything else possible. So for one, I would say if you're brand new to meditating, do not commit to meditating for 20 minutes a day because you're setting yourself up for failure. Some people can do it, but if you have tried and failed many times in the past, learn from that. Be like, okay, sitting down for 20 minutes and trying to clear my mind of all thought doesn't work for me. I resist that and it's not a habit I'm able to maintain. So instead, what I would recommend is setting the timer on your phone for three minutes and then not trying to stop your thoughts. You just sit down and I like to use some kind of physical anchor. I hold my hands in a mudra or with some pressure in prayer pose against my chest. And like I was talking in a recent episode here, I like to do something called ocean breath because that too involves some kind of physical pressure when you push your tongue against the roof of your mouth to create that oceanic sound of like your breath going in and out and in and out. And that serves two purposes. It gives you that physical pressure that acts as an anchor and it gives you something to listen to which is to me the second step that makes this really, really doable. You just sit for three minutes, setting the timer on your phone, make sure that the alarm that goes off is very gentle. Like don't have it up super loud, make it chime. Chime sounds like wind chimes. It's very like plinky plunky and it just gently takes you out of your meditation instead of scaring the crap out of you and giving you an adrenaline rush. You set your timer for three minutes to begin with and then you just sit and listen. You just sit and listen to the sound of your breath coming in and out and in and out. You can listen to the sound of a box fan. You can listen to the hum of your refrigerator. You can listen to the birds chirping outside. And instead of trying to stop the thoughts that enter your head, you just watch them. You kind of just watch them come and go. If they get their hooks into you emotionally, you just notice that too. You're just sitting and listening and noticing what's happening to you for three minutes until your timer goes off. This is so doable. You can do this in the morning. You can do it when you're transitioning from home to work or work to home. You can do it if you're having a mid-afternoon slump or right before you go to bed. Just these little bite-sized meditations all throughout your day. And then 
once you get the hang of that, then you can start extending it and setting your timer to five minutes or 10, dare I say. But I really don't think you have to like sit in meditation for long periods of time to access the benefits of it. I think it's really beneficial just to frequently get into a meditative state as a kind of coming back to yourself. And then you know it's something that you can do anytime, anywhere without causing too much disruption to your day. It's just like, hold on, I need to return to myself here. And that can come in handy if you're interested in psychic development because you can do it very quickly before you want to access some sort of psychic information. You can do it very quickly when you want to access your intuition or if you're just trying to like pick up on the energy of a situation, it can be so helpful. This also can prevent you from making a lot of mistakes in the future. And by mistakes, I mean mistaking your ego, mistaking your own fear for psychic information. So what meditating does is it orients you to who you are and to where you are in space and helps you differentiate that between all of the different energies swirling around and within you. And when I say it helps orient you to who you are, I mean your true soul self. It will reintroduce you to your true soul self and familiarize you with this eternal beingness that you are so that you really can begin to tell the difference between the voice of fear, which is so compelling, and a true deep inner knowing. I think it helps to imagine that your true soul self is like a spider at the center of a spider web. And when you are really centered in that place, you feel very peaceful. There's no internal struggle going on. So you're very tuned in to any vibrations that happen in the web around you so that if something lands on one of the threads and it starts to vibrate, you can get a clear sense of where it's coming from and what it is. And then you can focus your awareness on that to receive that information. Does that make sense? Learning to meditate makes you the spider <laughs> at the center of the web. And then all psychic information is what taps on the web to get your attention. And you can choose to put your focus there or not. You can be like, not right now. I'm doing this other thing, which is another reason that meditation is so great. It's preventative medicine so that not every fly that comes buzzing by grabs your attention. The world is chaotic. There are so many thoughts and feelings floating around and other people's energy that when you start to open yourself up, it can be very easy to get pulled in a lot of different directions. And so before you start opening yourself up to receive psychic information, a really healthy thing to do is to learn how to center yourself on purpose so that you can pick and choose what you want to receive. Otherwise, something that happens is people 
maybe even really talented people who are genuinely psychic, they get it twisted and they think their own fears or their own projections or psychic information coming from other people. I recently had somebody reach out to me in my DMs. This is why I don't like to check my DMs, but this is a person I've been friendly with for many, many years. And she reached out to be like, I had a really bad dream about you. And she was telling me basically that something was wrong and that I was in some kind of trouble. And I was like, no, I'm fine. How are you? (laughs) And she didn't answer me. But I realized that she had like disturbed my peace and it annoyed me that I had to spend energy coming back to my own center to let that go because then what the ego mind wants to do is be like, maybe something is wrong and I don't know about it. To me, this is a psychic attack. This is a psychic attack. Maybe that is done unintentionally, but this is what happens when people aren't really, really centered and they confuse like a dream that they had that maybe was trying to show them something about themselves that you perhaps were featured in. They might mistake that as psychic information for you And something that I think is really good to know going into this, if you want to be a professional psychic or if you want to use your psychic ability to help other people, is don't come at them in an unsolicited way. If somebody asks, awesome. You can share what you feel is an intuitive hit. But just to come out of the blue at somebody and just kind of like blurt out, like go up to a stranger in a grocery store, you'll hear a lot of stuff like this and be like, here's what I see for you. That is highly inappropriate to pop into someone's DMs and be like, I had a horrible dream about you. I know something is wrong. To me, that's a psychic attack. You're planting an idea in somebody's head that they might receive in a psychosomatic way, and it might actually cause a problem that wasn't there before, or you might just bug them because now they have to go in and deliberately detach themselves from this thought that you've planted in their head. So that's all to say meditation, meditation, meditation. I have a feeling this is going to be my answer to a lot of different things because I have found for myself, it has been the answer to a lot of different things. And I can only share from my own experience. Having said that, I am not a professional psychic. I have had many psychic experiences in my life I always find it really exciting and cool when it happens, but it's not something that I court. It is something that I've been very curious about in the past and have wondered about. Some books that I can recommend to you that I have found very helpful are Diary of a Psychic by Sonia Choquette. I love that book because it talks about her life as a child with a very psychic mom passing down this information to her. It talks about her teenage years and really growing into herself as a professional psychic. She's a great storyteller. And then another one that I really enjoyed was Deborah Lynn Katz's book, Extraordinary Psychic. You might enjoy that if you're interested in remote viewing. She gets a little bit into talking about the CIA and whatever secret remote viewing projects that our government has participated in. That's not the focus of the book, but... It gets into that if that is something that you're curious about. And I mention it here because it's a book that will teach you step by step how to develop your psychic ability. 
If you're super witchy or witch curious, and if you want to establish a really strong foundation for possibly becoming like a card-carrying psychic, you might want to check out Christopher Pinzak's The Inner Temple of Witchcraft, or if you're looking for something more modern, Matt Oren's book, Psychic Witch. If you're witchy, I did an interview with Matt Oren when he was first promoting Psychic Witch, so you can find that in the archives if you're curious. In fact, I'll link to it in the show notes. Does anybody here use my show notes? I don't think very many of you do, but they're there. And besides telling you to meditate and recommending some books, I do have a fun exercise that you can do if you want to just start playing around with your own psychic development. And it's so easy. It just fits right into your everyday life because it involves the falling asleep and the waking up state. When you're falling asleep at night, that is called the hypnagogic state. And right before you fall asleep and then well into your dream time, you are in a very psychic, almost psychedelic state where you can see things that aren't physically there. You know, weird information can come in in this time because you're not fully conscious. You're hypnotized in a sense. You're in this hypnagogic state and you're about to lose consciousness, my friend. So there's that state. And then when you wake up in the morning, there's a state that feels very much the same. It's the hypnopompic state. And I love that because a psychopomp is an intermediary between worlds. And I love the word hypnopompic because that's what it brings to mind. It's this like intermediary space between worlds where you can retrieve the information that has been made available to you during your dreams if you get into a practice of acknowledging it. One of the quickest, easiest ways to do that is by keeping your phone next to your bed and just grabbing your phone and leaving yourself a voicemail right when you wake up in the morning. This is a weird tip, but I find it helps to not move, to move as little as possible. (laughs) You have to be a really committed weirdo to do this, and I guess I am. But when I wake up, I try to stay in the same position in which I was sleeping when I woke up. I try to hold on to that position, and then I'll just quickly in my mind, like, just try to capture whatever I can remember from my dreams before I move, because something about moving can make the dream go away. I don't know why, because our body holds memory. It's very odd. So you might want to run whatever you remember from your dreams through your mind first, and then you just kind of reach your hand out, grab your phone, turn on the voicemail, and then you just start riffing on all of the symbolism, every color, every shape, every image, every scenario that happens. You just stream of conscious, just let it go and go and go and go and go. You can also do this just by having a notebook, which is what I do most of the time. I use a notebook when I'm keeping a dream journal. I don't always keep a dream journal. I go through phases with this, but it's a great way to train yourself to retrieve, to retain or retrieve that information. And you'll find that once you do this regularly, your psyche starts to expect it and you start to have 
you start to have a greater rate of retention. You can develop that and you can develop a relationship with your subconscious mind in which you can access that material. So the way this works with psychic development is before you're falling asleep, you want to do some kind of meditation or energetic clearing or systematic relaxation as you're falling asleep. And then once your body is very relaxed and you have released whatever niggling ego mind things are ping-ponging around in your head, once those are clear and you're very relaxed and you're very clear-minded, then you introduce a question, something that you want information about. You can just play around. It doesn't have to be something serious. In fact, it's better to start with something that's not serious, something that you're not emotionally invested in so that you don't end up bringing projections to the experiment. You just wanna have a really pure experiment. So you ask a question about something that you do not know the answer to. And then as you're falling asleep, you can kind of hold the question in your mind and visualize the scenario it involves perhaps. You're not really trying to plant any ideas in your own mind. You're not trying to intellectually come up with a solution. You're trying to imprint on your subconscious mind a question. What color will my neighbor be wearing tomorrow? Something so simple and ridiculous that you couldn't possibly have an emotional charge around it. If you have a crush on your neighbor, pick something else. <laughs> so then you wake up the next morning and you harness the hypnopompic state. Don't move. Don't move your body <laughs> and just see what comes to mind. Again, I love a mind dump for this. This is why I love the voicemail or just keeping a notebook, like right where you're going to lay, where you can like reach out your hand without moving the rest of your body and then just go. Because what comes to mind immediately, you want to capture that. But then one thing leads to another. And if you get momentum going, you can really surprise yourself with what comes through. And when you first start, you probably won't be accurate at all. It's really not about that. You know, if the color orange prominently comes up and your neighbor's not wearing orange pants, you're not a failure. You're not a bad psychic. You're just not in practice. You just have to practice and get creative with the questions that you ask and particularly get creative with the answers because the subconscious mind often speaks in symbolism. And what's neat about that is kind of everybody has their different system of symbolism so for you it might often come up as color whereas with someone else it could be numbers or it could be a scent or it could be an ancestor coming forward and giving you information it presents in different ways and if you practice a lot you might see that some kind of consistency or a system that is unique to you starts to form. And that's another thing that you'll want to use your journal for, because then when you write everything down, you can start to notice patterns. You'll start to notice like, wow, every time I get a psychic hit, it either seems to involve an animal or a song of some kind. And so you start to understand that's how my subconscious speaks. My subconscious, my psychic antenna, it communicates with animals and songs. 
And so really what you're doing is you're developing a relationship with what I think is your subconscious mind, which is picking up on all kinds of different energies as you go about your day. You can access so much just from your subconscious mind, but also then from there, you can start learning how to tune in to different frequencies, other people's frequencies, for example. I'm quite satisfied with my little relationship with my own little subconscious mind. I'm not a person that is like reaching out into the world to predict future events, or like I said, I'm not a professional psychic. But to me, this is a great place to begin, and it's just fun. It's a fun experiment, and it's so easy just to fit in to every day because you're going to go to bed and you're going to wake up, hopefully. And then I would also really recommend getting into shadow work because doing shadow work is going to help acquaint you with your shadow and then you'll be better able to recognize the ways that your own shadow can muddy your perception. Like I was talking about, you know, learning the difference between the voice of your ego and the voice of your soul understanding the voice of your shadow is so useful because it's like a muddy windshield. It's like you have all of this shit that is muddying up your windshield and you're driving around and you have no idea where you're going because you can't see out your windshield. And then as you do shadow work, you slowly, slowly, slowly start to realize, oh my God, I can't even see out my windshield because it's so covered in mud. And as the mud starts clearing and falling away, so too does your inner vision and your psychic vision, and you become clear. In fact, clair, as in clairsentience, claircognizant, clair means clear. And this is one of the words that we use in the language around psychic development. And most people have some degree or combination of these clairs. So there's clairvoyance, which is clear seeing. There is clairaudience, which is clear hearing. There is clairsentience, which is clear feeling, and claircognizance, which is clear knowing. And there's others as well. There's one that has to do with taste, I think. But really keep in mind this idea of the word clear. You want your channel or your vessel to be clear so that the information coming through is not muddied by whatever else you have going on. So obviously this could be like a lifetime of spiritual work in which you become more clear and more clear and more clear. But I just mentioned this to say that you probably already are psychic. And, you know, those examples I gave in the beginning when I was talking about walking into a room or just knowing when somebody's lying, those are examples of claircognizance which is clear knowing. If you have that, then that's something you can lean into. That ability is already there. You already have that strength. And I feel like it helps to start with what you know. You have the clear knowing. So that's something that you can lean into just by experimenting with it and giving it your attention and letting it show you what it can do, acknowledging when it happens. Your focus is very, very powerful. Your attention is very powerful. What you focus on grows. So really all you have to do is just open yourself up to allow what's already there. Notice what's already there. And then that will give you a sense of what you're capable of. 
if you're a person who relates to what I was saying about like song lyrics popping into your head, then clear audience would be a strength for you. If you're really good at visualizing, if you can picture a whole scenario playing out in your head like a movie, then clairvoyance, clear seeing would be a strength for you. If you get like a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach, or you feel nauseous before something of importance is about to happen, then clear feeling is your strength. So I'm a big fan of just knowing what your natural strengths are and then going from there, developing from there. And something that can happen is you start to notice, oh, I have a combination of these clairs at play, and then your unique psychic signature starts to take shape and you start to understand how to work with this sixth sense and how it shows up for you. And the term sixth sense is debatable. It's used in many different contexts and in many different ways. Some people say extrasensory perception. I'm just talking about psychic ability here today. I think human design is so interesting in this regard too, just kind of as a side tangent, because really when you get into human design, you start to realize this is about perception and letting your body talk. This is about getting into the intuitive hits of your body and then following that as a legit form of guidance. And I think that's so useful when you get into talking about clairsentience or clairknowing because that's what these things are. It's letting your body talk. Like your body has its own wisdom and your body knows things that your mind doesn't. And so human design actually might be a useful gateway for you because it'll tell you like what your internal authority is based on the chakra system. So if you're familiar with the chakra system, which is something you'll definitely learn about in psychic development, your sacral chakra, if you're a generator in human design, is your authority. So you learn how to tap into that energy in your own body. And then you start practicing making decisions from that place. You start realizing like, oh, when I get like this rush of creative energy or when something feels like a hell yes, that is an intuitive hit. And if I follow that, things go my way. Okay. <laughs> so your body is very, very, very psychic. I think that's why we often call psychic ability a sixth sense because we have our five basic senses that we recognize but then there's this other spookier thing that we all acknowledge but it's harder to wrap our minds around because it's not our eyeballs it's not our ears it's not our fingers doing the sensing it's something from within often from within our body but in this very deep way that you can't quite pinpoint on a chart. So once you get a sense of your own energetic signature and your true center, I think you have everything you need for psychic development. And then all you have to do is practice. It's like learning to crawl and then walk and then run and then ride a bike. Little kids get to that bike riding phase so quickly when they're young because they're excited. <laughs> they get through all the phases really, really fast, and then they have their whole life ahead of them to walk and run and bike. These things just become second nature, 
and automatic. They don't even have to think about them. Their body just knows what to do to stay upright and in motion, and they don't have to give the process too much thought at all. Psychic development is like that once you get a hang of the equipment, so to speak. So once you know what you've got, using it really is just a process of getting out of your own way and paying attention, which is for sure easier said than done, which again brings me around to the least sexy part of my answer, which is to say, meditate. (laughs) If you want to be quote unquote psychic, practice meditating. Get good at it and you will be able to clear that muddy windshield at will. This for sure is not everything that I have to say on the subject, but I hope it's enough to get you started and get you rolling. If you have any more questions for me, anybody listening, again, you can leave me a voicemail over at speakpipe.com slash the Joe DeVoe show, or you can just click on the link in the show notes. Also in the show notes will be links to Shadow Love, Queen, and the Magic Star. Shadow Love, The Magic Star, and Queen, a five-week audio journey to reclaim your personal sovereignty. If any of those are interesting you at this time, please remember they're about to go away for a long while, and I'm putting them all on clearance so you can grab them before that happens. They are all 60% off when you put this code in at checkout, all lowercase, no spaces, Hello, 2023. Hello, 2023. I hope you all are loving it so far. Until we meet again, always remember, life is change. Change is magic. Magic is life. And the journey is the creation. Much love to you. Peace.